0: Hey! Welcome to the Night Church Podcast, where we meet every Friday evening for worship at the Loma Linda University Church, for young adults, by young adults. We hope this encourages you and someone else you know. Enjoy!
1: Hey everyone, good evening! It is so good to see you out here. I got him on, Sam. It is so good to see each and every one of you here. You know, this has been such a fun series for me to do because I feel as though <clears throat> it's just one of the most practical ones that a lot of young adults are going through. You know, when we talk about how many young adults are single at Praxis, man, literally it's virtually most. Some of you are here, maybe with a dating partner, or a couple of you are married, and we love you guys too. But man, most of the time it's like single and ready to mingle. Or just single and wanting to grow in Jesus too, okay? But it's also so important that singles understand the calling of the believer in how to do relationships and how to do them well. And so tonight we're talking about an interesting topic that maybe you're not going to hear a lot about, but it's just simply a really important thing, the idea of red flags and necessary endings. The idea of how do you know when it's time to break up and how do you do it well? But then how do you recover when that happens? So tonight, I want to just start off with understanding where we've come from. So we first started the idea of, hey, being single and useful for the kingdom. Living your life under God's authority and living for principles that will lead you well and make you literally the best partner possible. When you find someone running the race of life, you can tap them on your shoulder and like, hey, let's run this together. We talked about the idea of using wisdom when we're choosing someone to date. The idea of how we date honors God throughout the whole process. And some of us need to make some corrections to really honor the Lord in the dating process. And tonight as we look at necessary endings, we also think of the idea then of it not ending and towards marriage, which is what we're going to talk about next week. Dating really is an exploration. You don't know what you're going to get. You're exploring a different person who has various different ideas of how to do life. They look different than you, obviously, but they also have different feelings and different personality. They have different parents than you did, hopefully, and they literally were people that had different life experiences that have shaped who they've become. They're drastically different. And you're exploring how your personality meshes with theirs, how your future career choices or career affects theirs, and you figure out what you like, what you don't like together. You're exploring. But last week, we talked about the idea that if you're going to date, date with the intention of marriage in mind. It doesn't mean that you need to be scared if someone asks you out on a date, oh, do they mean they're going to marry me? You know, that's sometimes this fear around here. I think that people get scared, like, dude, if I ask her out for a date, then she's going to think I want to marry her right away. Nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't have to mean that. And so the fear of that needs to kind of be lowered. It's okay to go out for ice cream, and it doesn't mean he has a ring in his pocket right away, you know? Just going for ice cream, Exploring. But with that exploration, you also have to be so open to the fact that the exploration has a risk. It was some years ago in the Philippines that there was a group of young boys who had found themselves in a cave. They were exploring. They were risk-taking. And As they were exploring, this cave started to get flooded. The flood started to get so high that now they were locked inside this cave with no way out. They took a risk in their exploration. One Navy SEAL that ended up going through there lost his life to find a way to save these boys. Exploration carries risk, it does, but risk also carries incredible highs because the truth is that in this exploration, you might just find your future spouse. Is that worth it? Hopefully. But for a lot of people, the risk is too great to take. And so some people are paralyzed in a rejection fear cycle. Instead of taking the risk to date someone, they fall into just being alone and complaining about other people and the fact that, you know what, there's not a lot of good people out there, I just don't know, Well, I don't feel that confident. And you miss out on so much because the risk seems too high. What if they say no? What if they say no? What if? That's okay. That's part of risk-taking. The rejection process leads to someone, hopefully, saying yes. But you see, the dating breakup experience is actually a modern phenomenon. I don't know how many of you understand the fact that still to this very day, more than half of all marriages around the globe are done by arranged marriage fashion. More than half of all marriages today are still arranged by parents or some matchmaker. In some countries, the divorce rate is literally less than 5%. Various reasons why, but a lot of it has to do with people are being chosen wisely. Now, you could say, whoa, 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 why are you dogging on love marriages, Philip? Listen, I-, I chose my bride. I loved her. I did that. I get it. But the fact is, the way we do marriages today might sometimes cause us to kind of, well, huh, might there be something to that? Might there also be something to the way that the Bible kind of coordinated that same idea of relationships Abraham had a son named Isaac. If you go back to Genesis chapter 24, it is this beautiful, just kind of romantic vision of what arranged marriages might look like. Abraham's servant is sent out. Hey, listen, Abraham says, Do not go and find my boy, a girl, from any of the foreigners. Nothing against foreigners, I'm a foreigner. But don't go and be looking in some strange place. What was he saying? He was saying, please, don't go and find someone who doesn't understand our faith, our customs and manners. That's good. He then goes over to a unique place in a place where he knew there would be his people that would understand his customs and family. And he sees this woman coming down, carrying a huge bucket. And he prayed before he got there, Lord, please, may it be clear, help me to find the one for my, my, my master's son. And he sees her working, hustling. It showed a great quality about her. She then sees Abraham's servant, and she says, hey, do you, do you need some help? Wow, shows compassion, this woman of, of service. Hey, she's willing to, to give of herself. Then, after she had literally Pulled up water for all of his livestock. Shows a woman who's willing to persevere. Wow, I like that. I like that he's saying. And then she says, listen, do you have a place to stay tonight? Our family has plenty of of straw for your animals, and we have food for you to eat. Would you like to stay with us? And now he sees this woman has kindness. She loves others well. Wow. And then the icing on the cake She says of the community that she's from, and the words emerge from the text there in Genesis chapter 24, when he finds out this is the woman from the same community as Abraham's son, and he says, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, for you have shown loving kindness towards him. Wouldn't it be so great if each and every one of us could look at relationships and that pursuit of the one and be able to say, God, thank you. You help me find the one. You help me find the one, and you're walking down the aisle. Man, wouldn't that be exciting to be able to have that for every single one of you? I pray that for every single one of you. But you see, the thing is, some of us look at this story and we're like, wow, it's such a miracle. How could that have happened? Well, I'll tell you how it could happen. If you go about it, as we talked about last week, with wisdom, if you go about choosing a person with wisdom, when you go about choosing a person based on something more than conventional understanding about relationships. You see, it shouldn't be that hard to actually find someone. I I promise you, it shouldn't be that hard, or rather to find out if the person you're with is a worthy person to be married to. When people tell me, hey, we've been dating for about six months, or, or they're like a year or a few years, I'm like, do you know if they're the one? When I see the look on their face, my heart starts doing that. <sighs> what the heck are you doing, bro? How do you not know already? You see, Abraham's servant saw Rebecca just for literally what, an hour, if that? Observed her heart of service, recognized compassion, saw that she loved well, understood that she was a woman who had the same values. He saw that in an hour, placed Earrings on her ears, a ring in her nose indicating, hey, we want something from you to be like the wife of someone I really love. He knew that within an hour. And some people are dating people for years and still unsure. Uh...
0: I'm so glad that you've been listening to the first part of the sermon. This sort of production does require some financial cost. If you'd like to reach more young adults with this across the world, would you consider giving at praxisministry.org? You can select the Praxis Young Adult Envelope. Enjoy the rest of the sermon.
1: You see, sometimes it's not easy to figure out if something's a red or is it a green? Does this mean go, or should we pull out a yellow maybe even? I actually bought yellow, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to make them feel real uncomfortable. (laughs) There are moments in life when you're very obvious. Wow, definitely a red. I'm so glad I didn't go out with that person. Or you're just in the middle of the relationship, and you're like, man, green flag after green flag. I can't be happier about the choice that I've made. But you see, the thing is, I want everyone to be very clear. Sometimes it's real tough. What Justin was going through there, and he was like, oh, and you saw James like, it happens. That's life. You go through a relationship and you wonder, you know, because they are struggling with mental health, does that mean this isn't going to work? I don't know. Hopefully not, and you're willing to work through that, but sometimes you don't know what to do. Hey, their mom and dad have divorced. Was that a big deal, or is it not? I, I got to think through that one. Hey, they love Jesus. They read their Bible, but they don't go to church very often. I don't, I, I don't, I don't. But the thing what I want you to understand is that what someone shows you who they're like, I need you to believe this. When someone is showing you red flag after red flag after red flag, don't somehow magically try and do a Jesus miracle and make it green. Because it's red. It's red. Believe them. Believe the red flag is a red flag. That means don't get into it. Come on. Can we get an amen on that one? My goodness, people. This is the thing. Some people end relationships because it's difficult. Just because a relationship is difficult doesn't mean that person is a red flag. It means you're going through a relationship. Hello. Relationships are not always green flags everywhere. Wow. No, relationships take hard work, and that's a great thing. We're going to talk about breaking up and when you might need to and why. But the thing is, when you believe them, you don't then get robbed of your time because you know when to say, that's not for me. So don't get robbed of your time and deceived by their words, which are mere dreams of their potential, while their actions are telling you exactly who they are. You need to assess potential dating partners or choose who you're based with on the reality of who they are today and not merely what they say they will be down the road, particularly when it comes to issues of character. You need green flags all the way around when it comes to character. You don't play around with issues of character. If someone is deceptive, if someone is an addict... If someone finds that they're, you know, just do not love the Lord and you're like falling in love with Jesus every day, if someone doesn't know how to deal with their trauma of their past and they're a toxic individual, if they are narcissistic, if they cheat, if they don't seem to share your love for various things that are key to who you are as a person and your identity, you can't be going down that road. And it doesn't mean those people are bad and it doesn't mean you won't ever date them, just not now. They're going through things and they need to go through things. We need to go through stuff and we need to deal with some of the things that are red flags in our lives. If you don't deal with them now, guess what? The problem is you'll be dealing with them in marriage and with children and when you're struggling with your finances and then it's like, bro, you should have dealt with this so long ago. Girl, this doesn't need to be showing up now. Do the due diligence. Now, when they're working on things to get to where they need to go, for instance, professionally, or there's some minor issues that like, you know, we just kind of got to figure this out. It's okay if a yellow flag all of a sudden pops up. A little bit of caution. Observing. My eyes are wide open. I'm watching. But I'm with you. I'm holding your hand. We're going to get through this. We're walking together. But if your actions change and you start giving up on me through this relationship because it's too hard, that's a red flag. Because guess what? Marriage isn't any easier. Just because now we have God's blessing, we can have sex, we we can have kids, and we can sleep in the same room, we can, you know, cuddle and tickle each other and have fun and watch movies till four in the morning and wake up sleeping, that's great. But the red flags you brought into the relationship are still red flags. And you're still going to be struggling. A lot of couples think that marriage will solve a lot. Hey, we were struggling with temptation. And the Bible says, you know, get married if you're struggling with temptation. It does. But it also says, be wise. So that is a very important thing to understand when it's a red and when it's a green. And character cannot be played with ever. So if someone wants to be an entrepreneur, a teacher, a doctor, a plumber, whatever it is, that's great, but you might be dating a person before they become those things, and you need to proceed with caution. Proceed with caution with your eyes wide open. Just because they changed their pivot to a different thing doesn't mean that's bad. Nothing wrong with that. I changed mine. Wanted to go into medicine, became a pastor. My wife might have looked at me and said, man, you were about to make some money, but now, not. That's okay. Okay. Cause she's a doctor. <laughs> I had to say that one. I had to say. That one. You see, you might be dating someone before they become who they need to be. I was not the man I needed to be when I said I do. There were things I was inadequate and immature about. When we dealt with conflict, it was toxic at times. When we struggled through various things financially, it was usually because of me. There were various things that I just needed to grow in. But that's part of the relationship growth that a marriage goes through. But before you say I do, do not take the risk on a red flag. Risk is wonderful on a yellow flag. But when there are issues of character, You step back and you say, I'm praying for you. God bless you. I wish the best for you. And I'm telling all my girls, no. You don't do that. I pointed that out specifically. You see, when someone is struggling, sometimes we like to talk about what they're struggling with and why they're not a right person to be dating. And you put them down instead of elevating them spiritually, praying for them. And it doesn't mean you should be gossiping about them either. You let them be. You pray for them. Send someone along their way. Hey, bro, you're a guy. He's a dude. Can you help the brother out? Know? But it doesn't mean we need to put people down in their season of red flags. My wife could have put me down majorly. She didn't. She tried to help me, grow me, help me in many ways. And I did the same for her. Now there are red flags that emerge in the Bible. We had a story of Joseph and Mary at Christmas time we talked about. But did you realize in the story, right at the very beginning, when Joseph was trying to do what, and an angel showed up, He was trying to break up. He was like, uh, uh, "Uh, I see a red, glaring flag. I was not intimate with this woman, and she's pregnant. That's a red flag, okay? You're dating somebody and you find out something about cheating, bro, that's a red flag you better be running. Sister, get out of there because he will cheat on you again. Don't mess around with forgiveness with cheating. That's not the time to be messing around with red flags and hoping it miraculously turns to a green flag. If they show you're a cheater, they are a cheater. They need professional help for a long time. That is not okay behavior. So he's trying to divorce her. Wow, that literally is happening there. Thankfully, an angel emerges and a miracle happens. And that is the only time that red turned to a green because Jesus became a human. There's another point in scripture right before in our passage that we've been in, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7. But right before you get into chapter 6, chapter 5 says something very unique. And it shares some red flags that you need to pay attention to. So look at this with me. If you have your Bible, pull it out or digitally. Look up 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and beginning in verse 9. Listen to this. Here it says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning that people of this world who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to literally leave the world. He's like, listen, I'm not just talking about people who are in the world and and they're struggling with life. Don't associate with any of them. You couldn't be human then because everyone's struggling. But he says, no, 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 no. In that, but now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, a Christian, a brother or sister, but they still are sexually immoral, greedy, idolaters, slanderers, drunkards, swindlers. Don't even eat with them. Literally, he's like, don't be getting into any relationships. Those are red flags. They're cheating people, red flag. They're sleeping around with people, red flag. They're not dealing well with believers in the church and toxic human, red flag. Don't get into a dating relationship with them. Whoa, okay. Now, it's it's hard, and it's painful when you discover a red flag. The thing is, because there's a red flag, it doesn't mean that you're beyond the love of God, though, too. Because that's the hard thing. We read some of these things, and you're like, bro, I've been that. I am that. It hurts to hear that. And that's where 1 John 1, 9 comes in, and, and the Bible is very clear, and it says, If we confess our sins one to another, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And so there is this act that when we emerge into a relationship and a red flag is glaringly popping out and it's just like, whoa, there is a solution to that red flag. And it is founded in Christ and it's founded in taking sin seriously. If a person doesn't take sin seriously, I would... Not take the relationship seriously. That's just a friendship. But it's definitely not a dating relationship. So the scripture talks about red flags. But it's painful when you discover a red flag in marriage. Now, my hope is that this series has been helpful so that you get to the point of recognizing a red flag before you say, I do. And that you can make proper corrections. But what happens when you're in a marriage. Well, our text that we've been in, 6 and 7 of First Corinthians, tells us actually what happens. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, now concerning unbelievers. Verse 12, to the rest of you I say, if any brother has a wife and she is not a believer and she's willing to live with him, don't divorce her. All of a sudden it emerges like, wait a minute, we don't believe the same thing. Wait, on the core things of life, you and I don't agree? How? Now, you see, in Corinth, this happened very practically, and the reality was that they both weren't believers. The message of Jesus is proclaimed, and one of them falls to their knees and says, God, I love you. I I need this. This is so powerful. I want my life to be in accordance to you. And the other's like, "Mm, no, no, I don't want that. See, that's a whole different situation when in marriage, you mature, and your spouse doesn't mature with you. In that space, what did the text say? If they're willing to still live with you, don't be seeking a divorce just because you've been in an elevated level now. Work on it. Pray through it. Marriage is one of those binding things that we're going to talk about next week that carries a whole different concept and status that we'll work through. But when it comes to a relationship before you say I do, when you mature and your partner isn't maturing with you on the core issues of life, you better believe that then that yellow, greenish flag, it becomes a red, and you have to pause and assess again. Now, I couldn't believe what I heard this week when I was listening to a podcast. There were three committed Christians and three committed porn stars. They were in discussion about various things. I was sent this clip. I'd never seen this show before. And all of a sudden, the Christian says, you know what I think is a red flag? When people are addicted to pornography, I think it's detrimental to society, and I don't think it has a net positive in any way. And all of a sudden, one of the guys who's a porn star, he looks over and he says, you know what I find interesting? I find a red flag on the person that we're talking about right here, and they started pulling up a an Instagram profile. That person plays video games. I think that's a red flag. And you're like, what? As a Christian, I'm listening to these two and I say, okay, listen, I don't think it's the best idea to spend all your time playing video games. But if I had to choose between pornography and video games, there's no doubt I would be very clear on what is appropriate and what is not. You see, when it talks about discovering what is a red flag and what isn't a red flag, you better be certain that your preferences are baptized under God's word. Because some people, one of the questions I said in there, that person maybe won't make six, six figures or more. I've heard people say, no, nah, I'm not going to be with that person because I know they're not going to make very much. Is that a biblical reason why? I mean, I understand you want security and safety, but... Someone's working hard, they can still provide. Maybe you're not going to be living in a mansion, but you'll have a comfortable life. Every single one of our preferences needs to be baptized into the scriptures. Does God's word speak to this issue? Because if it does, don't try and magically change it to another preference. So your red and green flag barometers need to come under Jesus' authority. So that means that we also then have to spend time in God's word. We have to spend time in God's word for his guidance to understand what is appropriate and what isn't. So right now, if you are single, you better believe that your heart and mind should be convicted to be spending time in the scriptures, to understanding what God has for you in terms of relationships. That you should be reading godly Christian books by amazing people who've been walking with Jesus on relationships, listening to podcasts and videos by them, educating yourself, getting God's truth to help you understand what is and what isn't an appropriate ending or a start. Now, when you're in a relationship and you're wondering, is it time for us to end, you have to do an assessment. You know, every, every one of us needs to get a physical at some point during the year. Well, maybe I'm just talking to myself because I'm over 30. I need a physical every year. My last physical, I wasn't excited. My cholesterol was up. (sighs) Had too many In-N-Out burgers. (laughs) And so I had to take an assessment, and I had to diagnose what was going on. I had to realize, man, I need to make some changes. The doctor looked at me, shared some hard things, and was like, oh, man, okay. Okay. All right, fine, fine. I'm willing to work on it. Every relationship has to do the same thing. When you're with someone, you have to get an analysis of your relationship. You have to get a figure out, how are we doing? I want to show you a little chart on the screen really quick. This was by one of my professors. He wrote a book, The Next Time I Fall in Love. And he stated that there is a process, or we'll post it on our Instagram if it doesn't pull up. But every couple needs to go through a process of kind of looking at where are we at? Go ahead and take a picture of this just so you can kind of look at it. It's just an example. There's a lot of charts that you can use. You can find online. How do we assess our relationship? And you kind of figure out where are we at? How are we doing? On the self-centered, the giving side, the conditional, the committed. And you look at this and you, you kind of analyze where am I at with this? And after you do that, you then start the diagnosis of your relationship. Now, sometimes people end a relationship prematurely. The moment they encounter a problem, they're running. Ah, we're struggling. I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this. No, that's not appropriate. You need to be able to diagnose the problem and then clearly communicate about the problem. And if that person then is willing to change, praise God, you can continue in that relationship. But if that person refuses to change, and you continue to struggle as you're assessing your relationship, it might be time to end. If you see that they continue to push boundaries and don't want to honor the the God-given space that you're in right now in your life and the choice you've made to say, hey, this this is how far and no further, it might be a hard conversation, but it might be an incredibly necessary one. And so I want to ask you a couple questions for some of you maybe who are here who are We're kind of those people that are runners. You encounter conflict and you're wondering, man, I keep getting in a relationship and out of them real quick. So let me ask you five questions. Have you confronted your date about what's bothering you? And have they been willing to change? Two, do you judge your relationships based on how happy you are? Feelings are fleeting. Are you comfortable with the idea of committing yourself to one person? Do you have a desire to kind of keep trying out, keep trying out, keep trying out? Four, have you dated long enough to get a clear picture about who that person is? Five, do your friends and family like the person that you're dating? When you do these sort of things, you become a student and you reflect on your life. We want to have incredible marriages, but we spend so little time investing on who we want to become with that person in life. It is so important you spend just as much time in your education to become who you are professionally that you spend that time also becoming the person you need to be for your future spouse. If you're not investing in all of who you are with that same ferocity, I'm sorry, but you're going to have a hard time finding someone, being with someone, and staying with someone. Because it's people who understand the sacrifice that it takes to be in a relationship but are willing to put in the work for that too. So either you work hard at fixing what's unhealthy in your relationship or you break up. And so I want to talk about just here at the very ending now together about breaking up well. Some people don't break up well. I've seen so many toxic breakups. What's a toxic breakup? Well, a toxic breakup is when you constantly are hearing the trash about the person a year later. Bro, have you broken up or are you still dealing with the trauma of that? I get it, I get it, I get it. That's hard. Or potentially, they keep breaking up and they keep getting back together. Keep breaking up, keep getting back together. But to break up well... Break up well. This is how it happens. After a diagnosis, after working on a relationship issue, not seeing it getting any better, the process then goes like this You want to process your red flags with trusted Christian godly mentors in your life. Second, you want to break up then in person. Don't be texting them or calling them, they deserve to see you face to face. The only time I say that does not count is when there has been abuse. At that point, that person doesn't even deserve to see you ever again. Be firm, but be polite. Allow for some questions, but you don't need to go into a million details. Some people keep asking, keep asking, no, this is it, I told you, I explained it, I hope you can respect that, and then walk away. And then honor the person after the breakup. Speak kindly of them, lovingly, compassionately, in the most gracious way that you can. Hey, they're a great person. It just didn't work out for us, and I wish them the very best. And then stick to a period of distance, maybe permanently. Some people think that friendship is necessary. It isn't necessary. You don't need to be friends with that person again. There's no rule book on that, but it isn't necessary. You see, Jesus did breakups well. On the cross, Jesus had a breakup with society and humanity in some way, you could say. We broke up with him. And instead of he insulting us further, sending out curses and spitting on us like everyone did to him, he looked at us on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And likewise, for you and me, breaking up is something we have to look at even our Father in heaven who did it well who compassionately gave that person back and said, I wish you the very best, but I'm gonna do what I can to help you even along the way. So I wanna encourage you that God will be with you. God will guide you and God will give you the courage if you've been broken up with or you need to do some breaking up. And so I wanna share a few things that you can kind of do right now very practically to recognize that if a breakup is coming, Recognize you might be doing that person a favor You're releasing them to pursue a better relationship that will be a better fit for them and potentially for you You reaffirm God's love over you when a breakup happens because you recognize that you are still worthy of love Regardless of if they love you back Because your first love was always Christ thirdly it gives you a time of improvement, of growth, and recognizing that, God, there's some areas I want to polish up. I want to keep moving in, and I want you to be the center to help me along the way. And so I want to leave you with a few verses of comfort here tonight as we end. Recognize Psalm chapter 34 and verse 18. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalm 41:9 my best friend whom I trusted completely, the one who shared my bread, even turned against me. David knew that sorrow. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And lastly, John 16.33, I've said these things to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, But take heart, I have overcome the world. Friends, may God bless you as you move through this season in your life, recognizing who might be for you but who maybe needs some time of growth. And maybe that's you tonight. I wanna ask you to consider tonight just taking this step, saying, God, show me where I need to grow and show me who I might need to see with renewed eyes under your vision." who might be someone that I've been ignoring, maybe someone more beautiful than I ever ever even thought. And give me the courage to give others a chance and to pursue relationships with a godly vision. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Night Church Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. And if you have, maybe you can share this with a friend. If you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on social media at Praxis Ministry or come visit us in Loma Linda on a Friday evening. We'll see you in the next episode.